Hey guys, it's KG. You're listening to Unapologetically Christian. I really love that intro. Like, I can't get over it. Once again, thanks, Melissa. Okay, so let's get into today's podcast. Today we're going to talk about uh, Jesus. We're still on the topic of who is Jesus. Today we're going to talk about his humanity. So to recap, last week we did an overview of who Christ is, just a general, simple overview. And so this week we want to get in, get into his, uh, like I said, humanity. As I said, he was 100% man and 100% God. So today is just going to be a basic intro level Christianity type of thing. Like you've never heard of Christianity before or you've heard but you haven't uh, really read for yourself. You just heard from someone what Christianity is, or you just saw preachers on TV and assumed that was Christianity. So this is a basic intro level to who Christ was uh, as a human um, while he lived here on earth. So we're gonna start off with his lineage, like where he comes from. A lot of people trace their ancestry these days. Everybody's doing those uh, swab tests and sending off your DNA to find out which region you're from. Um, so Christ's lineage was given to us in uh, Matthew chapter 1, verses 1 to 17. It traces his lineage uh, through his legal father, Joseph. Joseph is not his biological father. Um, so it traces his lineage through um, from um, Solomon there to through to Joseph. So it goes... Um, it starts off and it says uh, in Matthew chapter 17, this is the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And it goes through in great detail that Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac was the father of Jacob, Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers. And it goes in, some notable names in there are um, Perez and uh, Solomon and Obed and Jesse and Ruth. And then it comes in and it says, and Jesse, the father of King David, right so uh jesus came through that um that line so that's his human um lineage where he came from as um as a human and um the genealogy that's given in luke um in chapter three um it's from his mother's lineage i didn't think it necessary to go through that because obviously mary's his mother the question comes in where um, he doesn't have a human father, so how can he um, how can he um, get the the throne if his fa- if Joseph wasn't his biological father and Joseph lineage Joseph is the one who has the lineage through um, that royal um, line, but Mary also has that. So if you're looking for it, it's in Luke chapter three, um, and that's basically um, a quick rundown on where his his ancestry details if that's what you if, if i can say that right um his mom jesus was born of a woman who was a virgin a lot of people um toy with the interpretation of the word virgin they say virgin means a woman um of marriageable age who was not yet married how we understand virgin virgin is a woman who has not had sex with a man and that is the belief that Christianity has. Um, Jesus's mom, Mary, she had not been with a man. The Bible attests to this because 
um, when you read on how Joseph found out that she was pregnant, uh, the Bible says that he found out and he knew that he, she hadn't been with a man. He hadn't been with her, right? So how could she um, be pregnant? The Bible lets us know that she was, Jesus was born of um, the Holy Spirit. So Mary, his mom, was a virgin. So it was it's called the Immaculate Conception. There's a whole lot of words they use to describe it. But basically, she was a young woman who had not been with a man, who had been um, with child uh, of the Holy Spirit. God did um, something that the human mind would have an issue understanding. So it takes a spiritual mind and it takes to reading of the word and, and understanding who God is and what he does to really come to um, grips with someone who... Um, hadn't had sex, had a baby, got pregnant, right? I think if that happened today, or even in in her day, I'm sure people were like, yeah, right, that that's not possible. Like, who does she think she's fooling? But anyway, that's what the Bible says. The Bible's infallible, so everything has to be true, and I believe that that's true. Um, and uh, and uh, other proof for um, this happening was that in Isaiah chapter seven, um, the Bible prophesies about. Um, Mary, Jesus's mom, being a virgin and bearing a child and what his name would be called and um, how things would happen for him. It says so in the Bible, in Isaiah, hundreds of years before um, Jesus came. And so that's, that's his beginnings, his very early um, beginnings as a human um, here on earth. And so Jesus grew up as a regular child. Like when I say regular, I mean like regular in air quotes. Like um, the Bible doesn't talk about him having chores or um, any of those things, but I'm sure he had them because his family did do um, the regular things that Jewish families did um, at the time. And we have evidence of that in Luke chapter 2 and verse 21 to 24. I'm just going to read that. So in Luke chapter 2, verse 21, the Bible says on the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. So um, an angel appeared to Mary before um, she was with child, and he told her what was going to happen to her, that the Holy Spirit was going to do a work, and she was going to be pregnant with a child, and she was to name him um, Jesus. So that's what they did on the eighth day, which is... Uh, in line with what um, the Jewish family would do. And in, in verse 22, it says, When the time came for the purification rite, rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. All right? Because it says in, in the law that every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. So um, they went to the temple um, when it was the eighth day um, to circumcise Jesus, as it was the norm for um, Jewish children and Jewish families at the time, right? And then we find out later on in the chapter, in verse 40, that um, Jesus, the Bible says that the child grew strong and became strong. He was, um, the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was on him. And then it says in verse 41 that every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. 
After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Right? And it says, um, one more verse in verse 44, says, Thinking he was in their company, they travel, traveled on for a day. All right, and they began to look for him, and they couldn't find him. So basically, Jesus—they went to um, Jerusalem for a festival, and Jesus um, stayed in the city. And I guess they were traveling with a lot of people, because if it was just them, then um, I'm pretty sure they would have been aware that hey, we went down with three of us, or who knows, maybe they had other kids as at this time. We don't know, but we went down with Exumat, and we're coming back. And where is Jesus? So basically. Um, Jesus was left behind. A lot of people talk about leaving their kids um, on grocery store carts or at the airport or leaving them at home and getting in the car and realizing, oh my gosh, I don't have my kid. So that's a very human new parent. Maybe uh, parents who are seasoned also have this experience, I'm not sure. But it's a very new parent um, experience. And as we can see, uh, it happened to Jesus. His parents, his parents forgot him, right? Um, and it's a very human thing. So it shows that he didn't grow up, um, and he didn't grow up in a palace as a king or as a privileged kid who had everything that he wanted. Or So he had a, a very humble beginning, um, like much of us, and he had a very human beginning. Um, now, his parents did find him after three days, the Bible says, and he was staying among the, among the teachers right and he was listening to them and asking them questions and people were like oh my gosh I, I don't understand how um, this kid has all this amazing understanding and all these answers right and when they found him his parents basically just said where were you like we were anxious looking for you and he said um, why were you looking for me didn't you think I would be in my father's house like doing my father's business when I read that as a black child First of all, as a black child, I would not believe my parents' side when they're going anywhere to be getting uh, myself lost or be getting left behind. Because as a black child, I, I need not say more. <laughs> as a Not even as a black, as a Caribbean person, right? And then your parents find you three days later, I'm pretty sure they would not be asking questions first, okay? Uh, my experience, Caribbean parents don't ask questions first they deal with you first and they'll ask you questions later and then jesus's response was like why were you looking for me hello child three days i've been looking for you. you're gonna ask me why was i looking for you but this child was a special child right so he i don't want to say the word got away but they they just left him with that um answer i mean i don't know if he got a spanking or if he got rounded or what after <laughs> bible doesn't talk um about that but it does say um, that he was uh, he went with them to nazareth and he was obedient to them right and it says that his mother just kept these things in her heart and on one and like she had deep thoughts about them like what deep thoughts maybe she's thinking this is really a special kid that i have and i wonder how i'm going to raise him who knows what she was thinking but anyway this whole scenario is a very human um, scenario that shows to the humanity of Christ that he didn't grow up as some um, child who was doing these miraculous things. Um, when I watched that movie, um, 
oh my gosh, what's that movie? Anyways, one of the Superman movies. When he was a kid, he was already doing miraculous things. He was already super strong. He was already super fast. He could already hear really well, and he had all his abilities. And Jesus did too, but his ministry hadn't started. So he was living like basically as a regular human, um, in contrast to what I think people think he was living as as the the, the Superman type of kid, you know, who's super strong when he was little and um, rescuing his classmates or rescuing people when they needed help. The Bible doesn't talk about that. I don't believe that he was doing any of those things um, prior to him beginning his ministry after his baptism. And so that's the next um, human thing Jesus went through. He was baptized. And it says so in Matthew chapter 3 and verse 13, uh, he was baptized by John. Um, and that's where he began his ministry. That's also a very human um, experience. And it's an example. He did that as an example. It's an example that we ought to follow. Um, getting baptized in the way he got baptized. Um, full immersion. Bible talks about us being buried with him. We shall rise with him. Um, so he got baptized. And then he went through a series of um, things that all of us humans um, go through. He was tested in Matthew chapter 4. The devil um, tested him. If he would do certain things, you do this for me, I do this for you type of thing. The devil tempted him and he um, he didn't fail. He didn't fall. Um, he was thirsty. Um, the Bible says in John chapter 4 and verse 7. Verse 7, it says that um, he met a woman and he said to her, a Samaritan woman, he said to her, can you give me something to drink? I'm thirsty. So he had thirst as humans thirst. He slept as humans slept. And you can read that in um, Matthew chapter 8, verse 24, and also in Mark chapter 4, verse 38. Um, we know that he was um, hungry. He ate food because uh, there was a... Uh, um, a point in the Bible where he approached a fig tree looking for figs to eat. Um, we know that he loved because the Bible talks about him loving Lazarus, him loving his disciples. And uh, in that's in Luke chapter 19, verse 41. And John 11, 35 says that he cried. Um, so we know that he had um, feelings of sadness. He wept. Um, we know that he got angry. Um, in Matthew chapter 21, verse 12, we read where he where he gets mad in the temple and he gets angry in the temple and overthrows the table. Um, we know that he cried, like I said, and then ultimately he died. Every human lives, every human dies. And we read it, we read about his death in all the gospels. I'm going to give you John chapter 19 from verse 34 for, um, reference of him dying. He also bled, um, the soldiers, they pierced him. They pierced his side and um, and he bled as humans do when you injure them. So I just wanted to give a basic, basic um, intro in that Jesus was 100% human. He had all of these human experiences. Um, he lived in human flesh and yet he did all of this in human flesh as a human like us, being tempted, being tested. Um, going through emotions and all of that and he uh, the Bible says that he was without sin he couldn't have sinned right and 
um, I think it would be very hard for us as humans today to live um, without sin but um, I mean Jesus did it so <laughs> perhaps we can do it and I'm not talking about um, you can sin and not know it right but I'm talking about living intentionally for God and not falling slave anymore to sin and living any longer therein in sin right um, so um, what's the point the point I'm trying to bring across by um, discussing the humanity of Jesus is to let you know that he understands every human emotion you have um, he understands the Bible says in Hebrews 4.15 that we have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities and that means that every single emotion every single thing you go through pain from sickness pain from relationships um pain from loss of family any any type of emotion you have sadness being happy being angry being um depressed being any any sort of feeling you can think of jesus understands right he understands our humanity and every single struggle that we have right there's a song that says uh everything that uh, happens to you tell it to jesus right no one can understand what you go through um unless they went through themselves and here the bible is telling us in hebrews four fifteen that he has gone through everything right so there's nothing people can try to comfort you at times when you're going through things and say hey i understand um just do this or just do that or um this worked for me um but people can only understand what you're going through if they've been through it themselves and even when they've been through it themselves the circumstances around their situation are vastly different than the circumstances around your situation so you can both go through the loss of a parent but the relationship between parent and child may have been different for you than for that person um, the living situation may have been different for you and that person. Coping me mechanisms would be different between you and that person. So it's, even in them giving you advice or trying to comfort you during that time, they have not gone through what you have went through with your situational dynamics. So it's hard to take advice from people during certain times um, of your life. And I want to tell you that um, Jesus has exactly walked in those exact in that exact path that you were walking in. He has walked in and he understands. The Bible says that we should cast our cares on him because he cares for us in first Peter five or seven. And I believe that's that's what we really ought to do because humans can only do so much. Christ had to go through this humanity he had to be 100% human so that we can see that it is possible to live for God and fulfill what God has called us to fulfill and live uh, a life that is not a life of slavery to sin but a life that really and truly glorifies God and in him doing it we can understand that we have someone who we can speak to and say how do I get through this because sometimes you're going through things and it's not a matter of why am i going through this god why me 
and I have done so many good things or, or haven't done anything. Why am I going through this? Sometimes it's a matter of God, I'm going through this. Help me get through it. How do I get through it? Um, speak to me. Let me know how to overcome, right? Help me to overcome. So it's important that I think that we understand that the humanity of Jesus allows for him to understand our humanity, which allows for us to totally depend on him and totally rely on him, knowing that he has been through everything that we have been through. So if you're depressed right now, if you're hurting right now, if you're lost, you know, you're looking for something to fill that void, that void, I can let you know uh, with 100% certainty that only Jesus can fill um, that void. And I encourage you to, um, if you haven't already accepted him as your Lord and Savior, to accept him into your life and to watch your life miraculously change for the better. Watch your life turn around and watch you experience true happiness and true joy um, in Christ. Note that I didn't say you will experience no more difficulties and no more hardships, but you will be truly happy and truly um, living for God. And you'll be truly living in general because this life we live, if we live it without Christ, we live it in vain. We live it um, with an understanding that we're not going to gain anything at the end. But with Christ, there is great gain to be had at the end. And with that, we're going to close off this episode. Um, I hope you have a blessed week and I'll meet you here again next week. And remember guys, Jesus saves.